everyone. Welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you and help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. We are gathered here together again today around the table. I have Tanya Austin. Say hello. Hey, everybody. And of course, Chris Fuller. Hey, guys. And uh, the team is here continuing to talk about leadership and specifically today, you know, a big point, obviously, of Iditarod leadership is unleashing the power of your team. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about the team specifically, the different (laughs) roles. And, uh, you know, there's lots of different types. I found this very fascinating reading through the book, the different types of dogs. Um, And I don't want to sound too simplistic here, but I'm going to, right? You sit there and you're like... Hey, isn't a dog a dog? I mean, how do you know if a dog is this role or it's that role or, or whatever? So I found the whole thing fascinating. <laughs> and we're going to let you kind of break it down for us today, the different roles of dogs. So uh, the, and, yeah. and more importantly, the team. So the first thing you got to know is we're not calling your people dogs. Oh, right. <laughs> right. So, you know, the, the, point. Yeah, the, you know, it's like people sometimes it's kind of funny. Um, they'll go, I don't want to. You know, I don't want anybody calling me a dog, or I'm not. In, and so we we just say, hey, can you can you lighten up a little bit? I yeah. mean, uh, there are some people that take themselves and life so seriously. And I love the, the quote somebody told me. He said, "How can you take life seriously? Nobody gets out alive." <laughs> and good. so um, so anyway, the first thing is it's an analogy, it's an illustration. You know, as so we talk about the different roles in the team, right? Um, it's very easy for somebody to, to want to be a lead dog, right? Oh, I'm a lead dog. But then as you start talking about the other types of uh, players on the team, then they start, you know, they start getting a little bit itchy or, or any, anything like that. So, you know, when you're, when you're looking at that lead dog, that's that, that dog on the team. That's that contributor on the team. They run hard. They charge hard. They pull hard. They're some of those top contributors. And maybe those are, are really easy to spot. Um, and, and they love the aggressiveness. They love, you could put them in charge of a brand new project and leave it murky and they're going to be okay. But then there's some people, if you, if you put them in charge of something brand new, why don't you go open a new office in St. Louis? And they're going, are you kidding me? So some are meant to carve a new trail and some are meant to support. And so as you start looking at the teams, as I was looking at the different functions and the roles within the teams, I thought, man, this is amazing. Because again, the first two dogs, lead dogs, run hard, charge hard, pull, set the tone, set the tenor, attitude, action, go baby, go. But then I started looking at those next two dogs and those next two dogs are called the swing dogs. Now, so the swing dogs are kind of an interesting set. So 16 dogs on the team, um, essentially eight sets of two. If the first two dogs, those lead dogs, wanted to go left, right, or like we talked about last time, ha was the communication. So the musher yells ha, the two dogs on the front start to go left. What if the other 14 decide not to follow? Hmm. Those two lead dogs are eventually going to get drugged. And so the, the interesting piece is the next two dogs swing the entire team. So... How many of us have ever met somebody that they weren't the quote unquote leaders of the team, but they were the person or the the people that everybody listened to? Oh, yeah. They didn't have the power of the title, but what they had was the power of influence. So you guys know my my our company here is called Influence Leadership. 
And what we know is those that have influence are leaders with or without a title. Mm -hmm. So when, when you look around the room and you go, okay, so we're going to start this initiative. Who are you concerned with? whether they will influence the team for positive or influence the team for negative. So they're not the titled leaders, but they're certainly the political, the power, the popular leaders. Those are the swing dogs. And wherever the swing dogs go, the rest of the team follows. So step one, set the pace, attitude, hard chargers, those are lead dogs. Second set, who are the influencers? Who are those informal power brokers on the team? Those are the swing dogs. And so the lead dog swing dogs, those are the first uh, first two sets of groups. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in looking at the breakdowns, we have lead dogs, we have swing dogs, we yeah. have team dogs, and we have wheel dogs. Yeah. Uh, and kind of breaking into all of that. But going back to lead dogs for just a second. Yeah. Um, and maybe even thinking specifically about the dogs. I mean, what what are the characteristics? What are what is the the leader looking for in a lead dog, uh, and and how do they identify that? So, the first thing that you look for on a team is um, for any of those that are self-selecting themselves as lead dogs. Mm -hmm. So, as I was uh, mushing, uh, as in my experience, I was running the team, and and um, this one particular dog. Everybody's in lockstep, right? Everybody's in these little, you know, very concise rows of two. Mm -hmm. Everybody's tight, and you go three sets of dogs back, and and um, uh, this one dog is about three feet to the left of everybody else, and so she is not having it. She doesn't want the backside of the dog in front of her, and she's out running her own race and pulling hard to the side of the team instead of really pulling forward. So essentially what we found with her is she had self-selected and so she was only about 17, 18 months at the time that she did this. Well, the next season, because she had indicated leadership tendencies, Nils ran her at the front of the team and talking to Nils, keeping up with him, he said, you'll never guess what happened with Daisy, I think her name was. Um, I put her in, because you saw what you saw when we were mushing together, I put her in lead, she's doing beautiful. Hmm. So the first thing is, who are those that are indicating they're willing to take ownership, they're willing to take responsibility, and they're already setting the pace. See, many times as leaders, we think if we bestow title on you, however, here, you're a leader. Well, if the rest of the team doesn't accept you as a leader, guess what? then you've got a lot of heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. But those that are natural leaders, those that have that natural piece, um, put them in charge of something, see who does it, or just give a task to the team and see who naturally effervesces in that leadership role. I think those are some key things for identifying those character traits of a lead dog. They're good with ambiguity. Uh, they're good with that ownership. They're the, the maybe they're not all driver personalities. They may lead from something else, but they certainly have that energy and that uh, attentiveness to that. You know, when you say that too, which it brings up, you know, the phrase "unleash the power of the team," which I love. Um, but that that has more meaning than you think. It's not just about empowering your team in and of itself, it's having those people in the right spot. Because if you keep a leader 
as a follower and you keep a follower, put a follower as a leader and you don't have the people in the same spot, the power is not going to be there because you're not going to be getting the best from each of those people. So as a leader, it's not only your responsibility to empower them, but to make sure you get them, prepare them and use them in the right role so that that power of the team truly can be unleashed. Yeah, I've had leaders that I wanted more for their lives than they wanted for their lives. <laughs> and so I put them in a leadership role and then they kept deferring to the rest of the members on the team. Yeah. Well, so that, that really is harmful to the rest of the team because you have a leader that is essentially timid or is a leader that's waiting for the rest of the team to lead. And so we're actually choking back the entire team. So we need to get them in the right spot. We need to um, see where they naturally um, start to incline to. And then, uh, you know, there may be some times where we stretch them. We may put a, a dog in up, up front, let them lead for a little bit, and just to see if the potential's there and to test that out. But then we ultimately, we believe that the people will tell you what they are mm -hmm. and where their natural spot yeah. is. Well, and I think something very important to keep in mind in this analogy is there's a difference in this team structure between the leader and the lead dog, oh, right? Man. Uh, yeah, here again, here's, here's where I love the analogy. And as I started doing the research uh, before David Woods said, man, you gotta go actually do this adventure. Um, and when you, how many of us have gone through the pain of moving from individual con contributor to team leader, mm -hmm. right? So the pain of going from individual contributor to manager, individual contributor to leader, supervisor, that's sometimes a brutal thing because it's such a different mindset because now it's, instead of me fulfilling, checking the boxes, doing this, I've got to actually back up and I've got to think about the vision. I've got to think about the mission. I've got to think about equipping and empowering the team. I've got to think about project management. I've got to think about all these things that come into mind. That's the role and the function of the leader as opposed to the lead dog or the leader in the team. Leader of the team, leader in the team, completely different. What I love about the analogy is it's so different, you almost have to change species. Mm-hmm. So the leader in the team is not the leader of the team and the differentiators help us to put in perspective what's on my plate, what's on your plate. Yeah, the perspective is, is completely different. Even thinking in terms of, you know, the idea right here, the lead dogs are at the front. They almost, it's like I'm running and y'all better uh, catch yeah, up, you know, yeah. you better hold on. The leader, the musher, is in the back and has a completely different perspective too. I mean, they're, they're standing above, they're obviously thinking very differently. And so as we think about this, because it's very easy to think leader, lead dog. Right. What we're really calling people to be is the musher. <laughs> well, the leaders, you know, the first thing I say is where you are, lead from where you are, mm -hmm. contribute fully where you are. Yeah, and so point. right now you may be in the middle of the pack and you may be going, man, you know what? I'm not up here and I'm not doing that. Well, you know what? You can lead. Mm -hmm. You know, when you find even the most timid introvert, that is the high analytics that we tend to say, that's not really a leader. You hit their area of expertise and they will light up like a Christmas tree. So they're leading through analysis. They're leading through research. They're leading through data. They're leading through. And so everybody can lead in their own way, in their own piece. So you have to, you have to determine, like Tanya said, make sure they're in the right spot. Why? Because you're going to unlock, unleash the best of them when they're in the right spot. Mm -hmm. And even bringing it full circle, everyone can lead because everyone can have influence. 
right? In, exactly. in a certain situation. Yeah. yeah. So, that, but it's, it's, it is also situational in that mm -hmm. piece. I may step up and I may say, guys, the research doesn't support that. And as quiet as that voice was, we can either run over them or we can listen to what they just said, right? Mm -hmm. So we can ignore their attempt at leadership or we can collaborate fully with the entirety of the team and say, is that what the data is telling? How do I unleash the power in the, of the collectivism? I trust my team to give me their full input. Mm. And so uh, that's where I, as a leader, back in the sled, you know, the, 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 the great thing about the race is they will kennel almost 100 dogs. Now, they run 16, but they spend a year with almost 100 dogs. And they get the best 16 and the best 16 together to run the race. Mm -hmm. So intimately what I'm doing is I am taking the collective and I'm, I'm really feeding, nurturing, setting the strategy. All those things are the responsibility of the leader. Managing the bench, managing all of the farm team, if you will, so that when the time is right, I can put the right 16 in play in the right spots for the directive. So the leader's got to think about things like, how do I feed and nurture the team? How do I put them into places that groom and grow them? All of this comes into the strategy and the vision. You know, in business, what I've found is that most managers are operating one to two levels below their title. Hmm. What they've, do you mean by that? Well, they've left the sled and they're back into almost micromanaging or doing the role that the team should be playing. Now, how this comes about is like the standard Peter principle, right? We were promoted to our own level of incompetence. Mm -hmm. So I was a great individual contributor and you say, man, congrats, Chris, we're gonna give you a promotion. Well, the problem is the day in the life of, the ditlo, that'll come up in another session, day in the life of, I was great as a lead dog or swing dog, now you've made me a musher. I know what a great lead dog does. I don't know what a musher does. Mm -hmm. And how many times have you been promoted without preparation? So now you're on the sled and all of a sudden the sled's taken off and you're holding on for dear life, right? So what happens is because we're uncomfortable in our new chair, we go back and we were the best in the team, so we go back to the role that we were good at and we start micromanaging the team. So we've got to go back and we've got to look at what is the role that the musher does and we've got to be able to operationalize that role, internalize that role, so we can play our spot and allow everybody else to play an empowered role. Mm. Over the course of the race, are the lead dogs the lead dog the entire time? Sometimes they'll trade out the lead dog and the swing dog. Okay. Um, but those first two sets of dogs um, are, um, they're interchangeable, but they, they generally will stay pretty solid. And so how does that translate into business and life? Well, you're going you're gonna to have your go-to players. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is, as a leader, if I go to my go-to players long enough, I can burn my go-to players out. Mm. So where there's stress and, and, and at times if they've been into a deep, intense project, I may need to cycle them back out. We were just talking about this with the, um, uh, the group in Singapore and, and this large uh, rollout that we're doing um, globally for, for with this one client. How long is a leader deeply in play before they may need a, a two month or a three month sabbatical? Hmm. 
If you don't give your team some rest, you may burn them out forever and you've lost an amazing player. So even these organizations that are looking at uh, mandatory three-month sabbaticals for a five-year leader in an intense environment, uh, that's amazing because you know what that tells me as a person? You care for me long-term. It's not just use them up and kick them to the curb. Mm -hmm. I think that's an amazing thing to think about as leaders. Mm, yeah. So we've talked about lead dogs. We've yeah. talked about swing dogs. Let's talk about team dogs a little bit. So team dogs are, are those that, they're not the powerful, popular, charismatic, persuasive swing dogs. They're not the hard charging, get out of my way or I'll run over you driver lead dogs. Um, but they're the daily solid performers, day in, day out. They're the transmission of the organization, the steady eddies, if you will. And man, are they so valuable. If we don't have widget makers, what do we also not have? Mm, widgets. We don't have widgets, right? <laughs> yeah. These are amazing, great people, man. Um, let them do their job. Their life is not your business. Their life is their life. And their passion may even be outside of business. Now, for those of us around the table, man, we're passionate about business. <laughs> so we're going to be all in. But... The reason that they're there and they're contributing is there's something amazing outside of business that they're passionate about and they need to draw a life check so that at five they can light up in what they do well. So what? Not everybody's going to volunteer for your leadership program. Not everybody's going to... We, we just need some great people that need income and they love their family and they love... You know, maybe they're into you know, uh, Little League Baseball, maybe they're into ballet, maybe they're into a thousand and one things. Let them do that. Let them draw a check, appreciate them, train them, equip them, empower them, and then just let them give their lives. Let them draw a check and let them go do amazing things outside of your business. I think that's so important to accept that as a leader when that's not maybe how you are, yeah. right? And because, I mean, you, like you said, you need them. I mean, it does not, the widgets don't get made without people like that. Um, and so to expect more of them can almost be very counterproductive or vice versa. If you were to hire someone who is more driven like you are for greater things, they will get very bored and tired of simply doing that over a long period of time, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You can't, you can't run an entire team of leaders. Um, it's going to be chaos, mm -hmm. right? They're going to want to lead in every direction, and they're going to. So we've got to have everybody play in their role. Fantastic contributors, consistent as the day is long. We've got to have them. Love on them. Tell them they're doing a good job, and uh, and just let them run. Don't worry about them. Let's talk about the last group, the wheel dogs. <laughs> so wheel dogs are an interesting piece. Now they're, they're very close to the sled. Now here's an interesting piece. There's no um, device that keeps the sled from running into the back of the wheel dogs. So these are some of your salty dogs. I would call them the veterans of the group. Um, I, years and years ago, I learned the lesson that if you're not ready for it, if you're not a seasoned person that can handle some of the underbelly of life, there's a number of things that you don't want to be around. Number one, if you love hot dogs or sausage, you do not want to be in a factory. <laughs> <laughs> don't true. see how that's being made. Just, just enjoy it. You don't want to know, right? Yeah. Um, you, you probably don't want to be in the kitchen of your favorite restaurant. Right. 
just pretend like everything's beautiful and clean yes. back there and pristine. Um, you know, it may be absolute chaos, uh, but your experience is one thing. Um, you know, I got to tell you, politics is an ugly business. Yeah. And we may think that the country is run on pristine ideals, but how backdoor deals get done. You don't want to see politics in action if you're not ready for it. Um, you don't want to be in the budget meeting of your business, probably because they're debating your job. <laughs> and, uh, and for those that are faith-based, I always say, you know what, if you can't handle it, don't hang around in the church office too long. Yeah, it's true. You're going to find that people have problems, and that's the central repository for everybody with problems. Just go to church on Sunday. Pretend like, you know, everybody loves everybody and everything's fine. You'll be all right. Yeah. But, you know, uh, many times when we've worked with some nonprofits or, or been around some of those um, church offices, uh, uh, you find out that people are hurting and, and you don't necessarily want to be in the midst of all that. More like a hospital than right. heavenly, right? Yeah. So um, anyway, the, 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 the point is these wheel dogs need to have some moxie to them. They need to understand that life is rarely pretty and you got to have some of those trusted veterans that you can maybe bounce some ideas off of that aren't going to run squealing to the rest of the team. So how can you be close to the ugliness of business without it freaking you out? Mm -hmm. And who are those people? They've been through, they've been there, done that, and they've proven themselves to be that tenured uh, leader that you can say, hey, I got some concerns about this. I'm trying to figure this out without them just kind of freaking out about the whole piece. Well, it sounds like, too, they are people who can see how the sausage is made, uh, but they also, they still, that doesn't keep them from uh, getting excited and passionate about the overall vision of where the team's going, even though they're exposed to parts of that journey that the rest of the team isn't. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a maturity question. Right. It's a maturity, no doubt. Yeah. So you talk, too, about, obviously, there's a, a closeness, almost an inner circle factor between uh, the leader and these wheel dogs. Um, but you can't let them become, I think you said, an emotional pack mule. Yeah, there's a couple of things. You know, the, the, one of the hard lessons I learned early on as a leader is I brought somebody in and I was, I was struggling with the emotional difficulties of the position. And, and if you're in leadership, you know what? Some of the hardest things is it's a, it, it, emotionally it can be lonely because you don't want to dump the baggage of the position onto your team members. As a matter of fact, they don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. So in the book, like what you're alluding to, one of the things I said is keep your emotional baggage on the sled mm. or talk to another musher. But please don't ever lean on your people for emotional support. You know what? You're not a leader if you're dumping the emotional baggage. You get paid for that emotional baggage. Mm -hmm. You either need to find somebody to talk to, but don't transfer that emotional baggage. So I was making the mistake. I was bringing a, um, a person a little bit close in and I was talking about the difficulties of the job and, and you know what, I let a couple of confidential things slip that should have stayed on my plate. And they went out and they started talking to the rest of the organization about some things that were confidential and man, I got burnt. Mm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I almost lost my leadership position and it took me a couple of years to regain my credibility with a leader above me because I had brought a team dog back to a wheel position and I had transferred some emotional baggage that didn't need to be transferred. And, uh, and the leader, that, that's, that's not the role of the leader. And so early on, I thought, man, make sure that these truly are crusty veterans, senior veterans, you know, salty dogs before you start 
um, talking about it and don't lean on them for emotional support. Uh, that's not, that's not their role. Well, that can be so hard to distinguish too, because even the wheel dog or any of the other dogs, right? Any of your team members might truly be eager to hear that, right? They're thinking, ah, this is, they're giving me insights. They're giving me thoughts on what's going on. Again, how the sausage is made. Right. Uh, so they don't even know the burden that's about to be placed on them. And obviously you as a leader, you're like, ah, they, they want this. You know, they want to hear these things. And yeah. so again, there's a maturity there that you as a leader, you have in a perspective, you have to say, this is a boundary that I don't cross. And, and, and the, best, the best way to do it is just to give small slices of information. And then if they're faithful to the small slices, then you might bring them an inch or two closer. Uh, but again, the vast majority of the time, just learn the lesson, keep the emotional baggage on the sled, um, you know, play the toughest things close to the best and, and, uh, and talk to have a support network outside of your team. Yeah. So the people are thinking right now of their teams yeah. they're, they're putting people in different spots, right? Here's my lead dog. Here's my swing dog. Uh, how do you advise people to take kind of the, thinking about the roles of the team? How can they, what can they do right now to really apply these principles to the teams they have? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, right? You're, you're on a team, but you may lead a team if you're in mid-level leadership. Mm -hmm. So number one, I got to think, what role do I play with the leader above me? Can I help influence? So one of the things that we say with the lead dogs, essentially let them go, right? resource them, clearly communicate, and then get out of their way. Swing dogs, you know, um, we, call it, we, we, we call it the Bob factor. Um, you know, we all have that one person that we, we try to get the rest of the team on board because we know this is sort of the downer Don, the negative Nelly, and, uh, and so we wanna kinda deal with them last. Well, the problem is, we get the rest of the team thinking this one way, but Bob's still a swing dog, so we, at the end of the day, we leave the room. Now, this is a scary quote in change management. 81% of the population of your business will nod yes in the meeting. 81%. Here's the problem. None of us stay in the meeting. <laughs> and it's the meeting after the meeting that's the real meeting. So 81% go back and they look at Bob and they go, hey, Bob, what do you think? Why? Because they're the swing dog in the team. They're the power broker. They're the influencer. They're the quote unquote, for those of us above 40, the EF Huttons mm -hmm. of the group. And so that powerful, that powerful ear, that powerful voice will sway the rest of the team. So now we're in a problem. We need to confront Bob up front. We need to bring Bob in on the front end. We need to let them touch it, let them feel it, get the feedback from them. What works, what doesn't work, what are you concerned about? And we need to bring Bob in on the front end and then we say, hey Bob, can you help me sell the rest of the team on this? Bob's like, oh man, give me five minutes, I'll get the team on board. Mm -hmm. So leverage that person, don't fight them. They have power, recognize, um, even, even honor that positional popular power that they have and then bring them in and do that. Yeah. The team dogs, um, train them, recognize them, reward them, and just let them run. Don't overstress. Make sure they're equipped. Make sure they they can do their job fully, and then uh, you know, and then just let them run. And then wheel dogs, you know, again, just make sure they're wheel dogs. Don't transfer your baggage. Leave it on the sled. Excellent. So some great practical tips today on how you can unleash the power of your team, and, and hopefully you've 
written or at least mentally noted uh, copiously uh, as we've gone through this. Uh, think about your teams. Think about the roles on your teams. And, and as a leader, this is a primary responsibility for you to make sure you've got the right people, obviously in the right roles and responsibilities, but being very clear on what those are. Uh, we thank you for joining us today. Again, uh, you can help us a ton by going in and, and reviewing this episode and many others uh, in iTunes. That certainly helps a lot. And make sure that you visit the website. Uh, a lot of great resources there for you. Uh, and let us give us your feedback. Let us know how things are going for you. So, Chris, Tanya, thanks again for the time today. Thanks so much. And uh, we will see you next time on the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller.